Welcome to another episode of Clear Talk. Today we're going to be talking about an issue that has been front of mind for many of us for several years now, and that is supply chain management. I'm very honored to be joined with a good friend and colleague of mine from Avidex, Michael Stammeyer. Welcome, Michael. Joel, how are you? I'm doing great. It's really uh, glad we can connect uh, after several discussions and bring kind of the best practices that you've developed uh, to the industry for sharing and, and thought conversation. For audience, I'd just like to introduce you by saying that uh, I met you uh, after you had been working in your family business for a number of years, and you were actually in the design and pre-sales engineering role at the same time pursuing an MBA at uh, Notre Dame in the evenings and weekends. And so you're carrying double duty and uh, following that degree, uh, Avidex uh, took the opportunity to promote you to lead their Avidex strategic partner program, and which means that you manage the purchasing team, strategic sourcing, the vendors, and develop uh, um, procurement improvement strategies throughout the company. And a lot's changed since you took that role on in what, 2018 or so? And, yes, yeah. uh, and today, so let's talk a little bit about that. So the big change, of course, is the pandemic. Um, how did the pandemic affect your business? How, what was the impact at the beginning versus what's the impact you're feeling now? Well, the, you know, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, my background, I think, gives me a little bit of a unique perspective. I wouldn't say unique, but an advantage, right? Being in our industry, being hands-on with the technology, growing up in the field and having such a long uh, background. Um, you know, when I came into this role for VP of Procurement for Avidex, it was two years, a year and a half prior to pandemic. Um, you know, so obviously my role changed a lot, right? Being the vendor manager for a company like Avidex, getting to go around and uh, visit vendors, do the councils, um, really talk, you know, all the good things about business. You sit in the QBR, everybody's numbers are up, everybody's growing, everything's delivering on time. It was, it was fun. And then pandemic hit. You're not doing any of these trips with your vendors. Uh, you're definitely not doing any meetings outside of virtual uh, unless they're local at your office. Um, and obviously the discussions were about our growing back orders and how things are not shipping. Um, so the pandemic impacted Avidex greatly, right? I mean, and, and everybody in the AV industry, uh, first it was projects being put on hold for construction delays or customers being uneasy and sites having no access. Um, and then people not wanting to make decisions about new new projects or new in, in, uh, new integrations. But, you know, the big thing once sites became open, it was logistics and freight. And, oh, well, this is stuck on a boat coming across the sea. And we can't tell you when it's going to be here, but we think it'll be whatever. And then it sits at the dock for a couple months at some points. Um, which is a, a big issue for us, right? Because when you're going in there, we, we call it touching a doorknob, right? When you go touch a doorknob 10, 12 times because the customer wants to see progress, right? It, it's not efficient, right? right. So I, I imagine everybody across the industry was having labor efficiency issues, eroding kind of margins and things like that, uh, because you got you to gotta show face and you got to keep your guys busy and you got to be in front of the customers, um, but you're still waiting on that one piece of equipment, uh, once customers started realizing that and they're willing to wait, now you're sitting on a bunch of inventory waiting on that one last piece of equipment. 
Um, so, you know, the impact, first it was site availability, then it was freight and logistics. And, you know, freight logistics seem to have gotten better. Um, a little bit more accurate information from the partners and, and from the manufacturers uh, upstream in their production lines, but it, it still continues to be an issue. Um, you know, what, what we're seeing is, you know, just long lead times on, on key components, right? When you talk about your, your DSPs and your control, um, you know, first it was the displays and everybody needed the glass and wanted to upgrade their displays for, for, uh, or new product mix, right? Web cameras, headsets, uh, workstations. Um, and actually we saw a huge spike in the beginning in the healthcare patient rooms, right? Which we inventory and distribute, uh, healthcare patient room displays, right? Uh, specifically in patient room. And that had a huge spike during COVID in the beginning because elective surgeries were shut down. So all of a sudden you got mass um, access to all these rooms that you typically didn't have. And everybody said, let's upgrade our displays while these rooms are empty, right? There was these wings for COVID, but everything else in the hospital was really vacant. So um, that created a huge spike in demand. And obviously the supply wasn't there, right? These uh, healthcare displays weren't ready for that. Um, which then, you know, never truly leveled off because that trickles into, okay, we've caught up, but now the production factories overseas are having issues and people can't get in or out of factories to um, produce the gear due to component shortages or um, COVID lockdowns. I think that story was repeated across all the verticals, right? I mean, DMG, your, your, your original company focuses on the education market. Of course, part of your your companies up in Northern California focused on kind of corporate market, and uh, I think we saw that kind of swing through all the verticals, right? Um, where exactly that progression of events uh, that you talked about uh, through that, though, I think uh, um, uh, integration firms move learn to move from just in time to what I call just in case. Um, tell me a little bit about how your buying habits changed through that process. And and more, probably more importantly, what are the more mature practices you're practicing today? Because um, I assume you're trying to blend some combination of just in time to manage cash flow, but also just in case to protect your projects. Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, anybody, almost any manufacturer, vendor, or integrator could tell you pre-pandemic, you could order it on Friday and and tell them, hey, you need to install next week, and it ships, and you're off and running, right? right. And you, have, you have boots on the ground within a one- to two-week notice. Um, unless it was a custom build, there wasn't long lead times. Everything was sitting on a shelf, and the question you got was, do you want this express? Do you want this overnight? Right. Um, you know, those, those days are long gone. So the, the just in case ordering versus just in time became, um, very important to, you know, keeping, keeping things moving and, and keeping, uh, projects moving and, and getting through of our backlog. Um, the way that we approached it and, and I approached it at Avidex was really looking at what are those key components, right? And that's the way we still look at it today is what are the key long lead time components? Uh, we did a lot of reporting on the back end, right? Because vendor information wasn't always reliable depending on who you were talking to. Um, you know, you might get orders that pushed out three, four, five times 
by months, quarters, years. And so what we were doing was taking our own information to vet that, right? So we were taking an average of our receipts of material. Well, when did we, last time we received this versus a PO? And what's our, what's our average lead time? And what are the trends within certain SKUs and certain manufacturers so that we can then take that and look at our run rates, right? Well, this is a key component. We know if we buy it, we're going to sell it. And a lot of manufacturers weren't taking stocking orders and, and still aren't. But what they do is um, what we have been able to do in some cases is, you know, ordering against our pipeline, right? right. Projects we have quoted, uh, we're ordering for specific instances. We're not ordering it to have it sit on our shelves because by the time we need it, it was sold six months ago. Right. Um, so we, we did start looking at big run rate items. And the, the factors that I specifically used was something that was sold multiple times a month, right? It can be a one-off. It had to be a key component, non, non-substitutable, right? If somebody had a key control right. equipment or something that was crucial to the system or crucial to the customer standards or, or our offering, um, as well as long lead, right? It had to be over a three-month lead time because with the lead times all over the place, I'm not worried about the display that maybe has a 30, 40 day lead time when the control and the DSP or the amp is six months. Um, so those three factors, right? High run rates, long lead times and core components. Uh, we started doing pipeline orders. Um, the one tool I wish we had, which we now do, we did not at the time of the beginning of the pandemic was a standardized quoting tool, right? We were three different legal entities. Right. Uh, both with Telerent, which was Telehealth, Avidex, and Digital Networks Group. Now we're on one system. Now we're on one Salesforce, and we've implemented coding tools within Salesforce. Um, that visibility would have been key, right, right? To what's quoted, what's the percentage of probability, and ordering ahead. These these pipeline orders were strictly off of historic run rates, as well as deep dives with the manufacturers on what's registered. Uh, what are you seeing with our teams? Reaching out to our teams and letting them know, notify me, what's, what are some big opportunities you have quoted? What do we need to get ahead of time that's just held up at some board level approval? Because we can safely put our orders out there with terms that we can cancel our PO or move those POs to other projects if, if it need be. That's an interesting takeaway. And I really appreciate you mentioned it because I think most of the time when I talk to owners about supply chain issues, we talk a lot about um, managing inventory. We talk a lot about purchasing the projects, uh, but bringing that element of close coordination of sales, ordering to pipeline and ordering to a specific project in a pipeline, which you know doesn't always happen, but happens enough that it can give you some really competitive advantages in managing your cash flow. So thank you for that, that um, idea. Uh, that's, that's actually something new that I've not talked to a lot of um, our partners about. I really appreciate that. 